sorry. Uh, it's amazing, but uh, uh, it, no country has ever done that to outlaw borrowing short and lending long, in spite of the damage which is done. Because when such a panic prevails, then there is, uh, there are bankruptcies and all the other consequences. So where is the wretched? The wretched is that uh, after the panic is over, uh, no panic lasts forever, uh, the, the yield curve will reestablish itself as a normal yield curve, well, such a panic could last several months, and sometimes even half a year. But then things will be uh, normalized, but at a higher level. So this asymptote will go a notch higher, and again you have the normal uh, yield curve and the banks are back in business to do borrowing short and lending long. As a result, you have these, this flattening of the yield curve, and there is another crisis, another panic, but at a higher level, higher interest rate, you see. And the, the cycle repeats. You see? Now, this happens panic after panic after panic. And that is why I call this the wretched. The wretched is the implement which you use to, for instance, raise the car when you have to change a wheel, flat tire, and then you use the wretched, so that's just an analogy, and I call this the wretched of the yield curve. Uh, panic after panic after panic, it results in an interest rate which is altogether too high. And when the interest rate becomes too high, then other problems show themselves. And then uh, prices will be higher, and uh, uh, some people will be, uh, including businessmen, will be priced out of the market, and uh, there could be a general, uh, general. Uh, recession and this would take time to work down and uh, as we know uh, this is something damaging certainly to be avoided and uh, after sufficiently long period of stagnation uh, deflation sometimes even depression, 
the uh, uh, retrenchment, all these words are more or less synonymous, uh, you will have uh, eliminated enough bad business so you could start from a normal level. But then it starts again. So this is an explanation of the business cycle in terms of what happens to the rate of interest. And, uh, and just uh, keep in mind, we are discussing that in terms of the yield curve. From a normal yield curve, there is a flattening of uh, taking place as a result of the illicit interest arbitrage of the banks borrowing short and lending long, and uh, it culminates in an inversion of the yield curve, which is uh, not as sustainable because it's illogical. This is not sustainable, and it will resolve itself by pushing the interest rate back again. So, yeah, I uh, perhaps didn't emphasize this sufficiently, but going back for a moment, uh, we had reached a high level of interest, which is not sustainable, followed by an economic collapse, or want to call it recession, and uh, it takes time to readjust. Interest rates fall in that period. I, I don't think I emphasize that. So we come at full circle, we go back to a low relatively low uh, level of interest rates and the game starts again. Normal yield curve, flattening yield curve and the explosion is the inverted yield curve, pushes interest rates a notch higher. And then yield curve normal again, then flattening, inverted, this is the explosion, it resolves pushing interest rate a notch higher again, and so on, until it reaches unsustainable heights, and then the depression or recession, and it starts again. So there are two waves here. There's the short uh, wave fluctuation is this step-by-step uh, -step increase of the, uh, of the rate of interest until it becomes overextended and then a collapse, pushing interest rates back. And that's and then those start repeating, and that's the medium wave. So there's the short wave fluctuation, 
is in terms of the yield curve and then the mid medium wave fluctuation in terms of um, inflation deflation I expressed it by calling it the the inflationary and deflationary uh, spiral okay, so uh, perhaps the short wave can be described as a spiral and then the spiral collapses and this is the medium wave okay well I think it's time for uh, Oh, uh, coffee break. Coffee break, and after that, questions. Yeah. Four questions, yes. Four questions, yes. Um, we could. If you want questions now, we yeah. could. We yes. could go out with questions. This is why Mr. Bernanke is so desperate trying to keep interest rates low now, so he can avoid. Yeah. Now, uh, that's a very good question, because I think. Uh, to my mind, the answer is we don't know, because this could be this uh, ultimate explosion, which will uh, be an extra long depression or a hyperinflation or something. The monetary system could explode, and this uh, this is where gold and back positions also comes in. So uh, I, I would be hesitant to try to apply this to the present situation. It may be, but we need more evidence. Uh, I, I think it would be premature to say that we are now at, at that stage, but could be. And this will not repeat forever. This, inflationary deflationary spiral and the vibration between the two. Something will give and the whole thing explodes. If you actually look at the gap between um, short-term and 10-year rates in the US, it's at its widest ever. And um, so there's, there's no there's no question of banks becoming insolvent just quite yet. Um, so he can't do much at the short end of the curve now because he's done obviously as much as he can. But he can always go after the, uh, the longer end of the curve. And he will, if, if his action will bring that rate down itself. How far he'll bring it down, I don't know, but you can't bring it down so much so that the banks can't make the profit from lending, uh, borrowing short and lending long. Mm. Well, the banks will be thinned out also in this mm. process because the weaker brethren will fold, mm. can't stand the pressure. But some of them will survive and of course the government will bail out yeah. some of well, them. Well, that's a good point, Professor, because uh, the, there will be banks who put the spread on, let's say, when there's a 250 basis point differential. Yeah. And then as he does that, the next bank will be able to say, ah, um, 
you know, uh, I have to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> You're pauperizing some banks by doing this. Yeah, though. oh yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. sure. Mm. Really? Then you're stuck between the rock and the hard place. The rock is if he brings it too low, the banks suffer. Mm. And if he leaves it too high, the US Treasury can't afford to carry <laughs> back there. So. Uh, any more questions? This uh, I really recommend to you. Uh, I found that the Austrian school, the old Austrian school, I'm talking about the uh, epigony of Mises and the Mises cult, they, they don't go through this in the same way. Uh, what they do is uh, very interesting, uh, but rather simplistic. They simply talk about the suppression of the rate of interest by the banks. They take it as an axiom, and that's directly in Mises, that the banks and the government conspire to push down the rate of interest as a, a desirable goal. And they dress it up as they dress it up as a kind of charitable activity which the banks and the government have to do because they are poor people and uh, they can afford to borrow at a high interest, even what we would call the natural rate. So the banks and the government. Uh, interfere and use every available means to push down the rate of interest. And the consequence of this pushing down the rate of interest is that the, the business gets the wrong signal because low and falling interest rate suggests to business that they can now expand because the, their cost of borrowing is lower so they should go ahead expand production and employment and all the other indicators business indicators but this signal is false Right? As we started by saying that the government and the banks have, an in, have a mission to push down interest rates, as a result, the interest rate is too low. So the signal being sent to businesses is a false signal. Because the real rate of interest is actually higher. So business is being misled into believing that it's time to expand when it could well be time to retrench. So because the signal system of the economy is 
is uh, corrupted business businesses overextend and then there'll be overproduction and uh, uh, piling up of unsellable goods at least at the prevailing prices so then prices start falling, employment starts falling, uh, businesses fail and so on. So this is the main explanation which the Austrian school gives to the phenomenon of business cycle. That's how it starts and that's how it unfolds and then it, the retrenchment comes but it's usually very painful with high unemployment and, and uh, falling prices and uh, all the other well-known phenomena, all negative. Which, uh, so uh, I criticize this, not as if it's completely uh, on the wrong track, but it's simplistic. This uh, traditional or conventional way of explaining the genesis of the business cycle, business fluctuations, uh, the uh, boom-bust, this is the the Austrian, the boom-bust cycle, I think is, is simplistic and as such it's misleading because it, it can be refined. There is a short wave movement involved, there's a medium wave movement and in the last lecture this afternoon we'll see the long wave movement. So it's the uh, superimposition of the three which gives you the, the full picture. And uh, I think it's much more satisfying. And, and certainly these uh, this analysis in terms of the yield curve is is very important. It, it can be sidestepped. That's an organic part of the whole development. Okay, so uh, I, uh, since our name is New Austrian School of Economics, might as well point out this is just another refinement which we can add to the traditional Austrian. Uh, explanation of the business cycle, boom-bust cycle, because there are these short waves, medium and long waves, and that certainly gives us more information. And, and I am strongly recommending this. Very important improvement on the uh, conventional Austrian analysis. More questions? Well, after the uh, break, uh, of course, we can have more questions.
Okay, thanks very much, Professor.